Hello and welcome to episode 177 of the Fertility Podcast. I'm Natalie Silverman, your host. Now then, before we go any further, if there's one thing that you do today, it's this. Would you be so kind as to give this podcast a review? Whether it's in iTunes or whichever podcast app you use, it would be amazing. Now, I don't often ask, just to say, you do send me lots of messages about how useful you find this podcast. And, well, I've got some geeky podcast pals and we've been chatting about this of late. And the fact of the matter is, is that you just got a damn well ask. So this is me asking you and saying thank you for doing it. But if you could just get your phone in your hand, because I'm assuming you're listening on your phone, and just very quickly go, yeah, thanks. And maybe if you want to give five stars, that would be amazing. Thank you. Right, we can carry on. Um, So a funny thing has happened in that I had a, a lovely old friend come and visit me on Friday. And this friend had had a big achievement at work and bless her, got on a train from London to Manchester, wanted to celebrate with me and we drank some very lovely champagne. And um, we were in a wine bar drinking champagne and I was sat on um, a very stylish, old-fashioned theatre seat, you know, when they flip back up? And I got up at one point and went to sit back down again and, um, yeah, basically fell on my tochus which is a lovely Yiddish word for bottom derriere booty and the reason I'm telling you this is that my dear friend basically then ordered a second bottle of champagne because of course that's what you do when you both have obviously had too much and um, one of you has made a fool of yourselves and um, anyway we had a, a glass of the second bottle and I said we really should go back to my house which was only around the corner and when we got home my husband saw the jolly state we were in and we were talking about getting some food and he decided to chill another bottle of wine because obviously we needed some more. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you this is that um, I found that bottle of wine in my freezer earlier. I basically have had a glass or two before I'm recording this because said husband is out with friends and... um, I'm blaming the fact that I'm waffling to you having had maybe two glasses of very chilled wine because wine in the freezer which exploded its cork out is fine. I'm taking advantage of the fact I have a quiet house to record the intro and the reason that this wine is open and I've drunk it is because of my friend on Friday. So there is some logic in my slight not drunk but merry maybe ramble. It's been a very busy day but what I wanted to tell you about was something that I've been doing the last week. It's something I started a couple of weeks ago. I've decided to train as a fertility coach. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know a bit about me. If if this is your first listen, then I'll just tell you really quickly, just to bring you up to speed. My background is as a, a radio broadcaster. I've been in radio for over a decade, and I made this podcast once pregnant after having successful ICSI treatments because I love audio and I love what you can do telling stories. I love creating content, um, editing, and um, I never expected to still be doing this podcast just over four years on, but I am. And I've spoken to lots of different people from experts to people sharing their stories to make my podcast content. And one thing that I 
feel I need to be able to do more of is really understanding some of the emotions that you're going through because I get messages from you and I want to be in a in a better place to help because I'm I'm making content speaking to experts offering support in one way but I want to take it further I feel I have a duty of care to you you know you're beautifully loyal listening to me week on week so I've started studying with a lady that I have been introduced to called Danny Griffiths and she has this freedom fertility coaching program and I'm working through it with Danny and I want to be talking about it with you along the way about the things I'm learning and also I want to talk with you about where you're at so if this sounds of interest if understanding your emotions and kind of getting to grips with your your mental well-being really is something that you would like to get your head around then I'm going to be doing it in my closed Facebook group which is called Talk Fertility initially and if you haven't already joined please do because I'm going to be talking more about what I'm learning and talking about it to you and asking you questions and, and hopefully helping you one of the things that I've been getting my head around which is so fascinating is our emotions and how all of our emotions are so relevant and how all too often we quite possibly misinterpret them we don't treat them right we don't work with them in the right way and I mentioned my friend at the start with the champagne well she came very emotionally charged to see me and we talked a lot over the couple of days that we were together and instantly I realized that just in this small amount of time that I've been learning from Danny's work how much sense it makes and it's kind of common sense but often when we know this stuff unless it's positioned and packaged in a certain way we don't apply it maybe as we should so that's something that I'm going to be talking more of I want the support that you get from being a part of my community be it listening to my podcast or joining my groups or just messaging me on the different socials because I'm at fertility potty on insta and uh, Twitter. I just want to be able to offer the best support I can because it's it's something that is is a key part of you working your way through where you're at with your fertility. Now, I can only do what I can do as one individual. There are all sorts of people doing amazing work, both patients supporting each other in online communities, people meeting in support groups, people training to be coaches like I'm talking about. And then obviously there's the experts. And this episode that you're about to hear is from Fertility Forum, which was an event that just happened in London and I wasn't able to go. So what I did was I asked a brilliant friend that I've met in the TTC community called Katie Lindemann, who's been a previous guest. Katie has a community online called the Uber Barons Club and I'll put links to our previous chats in the show notes. I asked Katie to be my wingman. So Katie recorded some chats with some of the expert speakers and I'll put all their details in the show notes. Katie introduces some of them, some of them introduced themselves. Now I've tweaked the um, interviews to a point, but Katie is a bit of a rookie with her recording. So some of the levels, she won't mind me saying, are a bit up and down. And I've done what I can, just putting it out there. It's not perfect, but it's really interesting. Katie has done an amazing first job. So have a listen, listen to the end, 
where all of the people who were speaking details will be there all the details of the fertility forum which is an event that has brought together a whole host of experts talking about impartial evidence-based information for you to just learn more it's a brilliant idea a brilliant new initiative and one that i'm sure we will be hearing more about and they will be doing more events so have a listen to everything before that though Here's a couple of messages from my sponsors. Thank you to them because they make this podcast happen. And then we'll get on with today's episode. The Fertility Podcast is sponsored by Apricity, a virtual clinic of a new kind. Apricity offers first-class fertility care as unique as you. Get support from your Apricity advisor seven days a week. Stay in the know with the app's guidance and reminders. Customise your journey at no extra cost. Apricity is fertility care your way find out more at apricity.life forward slash podcast another of my sponsors is international andrology who specialize in diagnosing and treating male infertility around 50 percent of infertility issues are male factor and all too often men aren't even evaluated at the start of a fertility journey which might result in unnecessary treatments costs and disappointment International Andrology is one of the few specialist clinics in the UK offering a holistic approach to increase your chances to conceive naturally or via the IVF route. As well as treating the underlying causes of male infertility, their doctors have some of the highest success rates in microsurgical sperm retrieval. So, if you're looking for a true specialist to assist you on your fertility journey, visit london-andrology.co.uk today and do mention the Fertility Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Katie, aka Uber Barons Club, and today I'm going to be off to the Fertility Forum as Natalie Stunt Double, uh, bringing you some highlights from the day. The Fertility Forum is an event that's being organised by the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists and the British Facility Society in partnership with the HFEA, Fertility Network UK, and a whole host of other professional bodies, including Deep Breath. The Association of British Andrologists, the British Andrology Society, the Association of Clinical Embryologists, British Infertility Counselling Association, the Royal College of Nursing and the Celia Infertility Nurses Group. Um, The idea of the day is that it's about bringing together the public and professionals for a day of evidence-based information and advice about a whole range of topics for those affected by fertility problems. The thinking behind it is around getting reliable fertility advice free of commercial interests because as we all know it's there's so much information about fertility particularly online about anything and everything and so every condition every test every treatment we can get information from and and so much of it's conflicting so it's actually never been harder to get clear answers to questions and it's often really hard for us to know which sources of information are reliable and as we all know we are very often willing to do anything that we can to improve our chances of success but it's really hard to work out what is actually going to be a good use of your money and time And this definitely obviously isn't helped by the fact that you get media stories about apparent breakthroughs, about things that are going to double your success, and especially when it comes from clinics as well. And there's never been so many experts who will claim that they can help you with everything from restoring your natural fertility to rebalancing your body and mind. The Fertility Forum discovered that a quick, even just a quick Google search turns up a fertility yoga teacher who boasts an 80% success rate, a complementary therapist who claims to be responsible for 300 miracle babies in just five years, 
days. And wait for it, a fertility juice detox retreat for a special offer price of just a bargain, £1,500. So as we all know, it's so hard to know if information that we're getting about fertility is impartial and unbiased. And as we all know, so much of the benefit of the communities that we have and the forums that we have is about asking each other for advice. I know I've certainly taken part of it that we'll ask each other about tests that we should have or doses of drugs that we should take. And it's really, really helpful. It's been invaluable to talk to each other about similar experiences. But it's really problematic when we're actually taking medical advice from each other. And I know that's certainly something that I've very much been a part of. And even more problematic is actually when we get people posting on fertility forums and communities as patients who are actually promoting clinics overseas. And there's definitely been stuff around that. So it's really hard to know what we can trust. And often there's, you know, we get so much of this information that's that's put on by people with commercial interests. And it's really hard to know if someone's promoting a particular treatment or a business that's actually based on evidence or if it's souped up evidence that's being used as a sales pitch. So the point of today is that it's been put on by a whole load of professional bodies and it's a evidence-based non-commercial day. So anybody that's got an interest in fertility, there's no exhibition stands, there's no one trying to sell you anything, there's no promotions. The only people that are there are going to be patient support charities and professional bodies. It's going to cover a range of facility issues and treatments along with things around the emotional impact of infertility, lifestyle, diet, funding, legal questions. And what's really brilliant about it, it is going to cover what happens if fertility treatment doesn't work. So I'm really, really excited to be going and hopefully going to be speaking to some of the speakers and experts that are there and uh, really looking forward to a great day. So I'm here with Professor Adam Balin um, and he's going to talk to us and tell us actually about the ambitions for the day. Well, thank you. And it's uh, really exciting because it's been a long time getting this together. And the key issue is that this is a day to engage with people who may have concerns about their reproductive health and their fertility and to present a whole load of talks from experts from around the country sharing their experiences for the management of all aspects of fertility problems and what you can do if you think you've got a problem to improve the situation for yourself so that's lifestyle and diet and that sort of thing and how to engage with fertility clinics so that you are empowered to ask the right questions about your personal problems and we're going to be covering all aspects of fertility care so that's from how to make a diagnosis for the reason why it might be taking you longer than you'd like to get pregnant to all the different conditions whether it's polycystic ovary syndrome which of course I've got a personal passion about yeah. <laughs> um, endometriosis male problems the list is fairly long so yeah. I can't go through the whole list and then the different treatments and also we've got patients here sharing their experiences and so this is done in conjunction with the women's voices panel which is chaired by Kate Bryan here at the RCOG and in conjunction with the British Fertility Society, Fertility Network UK, a number of other professional societies here in the UK and patient support organisations. So we're really excited about today's event um, and what people don't know 
yet, but we'll know today, is that we're launching a fertility forum page on the RCIG website. So all the talks will be available there, plus lots more information. So if you haven't been able to attend today, all of the talks, the slides, and the speakers themselves have been filmed. So there's going to be a film of every talk on the website. So if you haven't had the chance to come today, this will be freely available to everybody in the world, actually, after this weekend. That's absolutely fantastic. And uh, I myself, I've been part of the women's panel and uh, I know having seen some of the, the information that's going to be on the Fertility Hub on the page, I think it's an absolutely fantastic resource. And what I think is really, really great about today is having been a patient and part of the world of of we want to do everything that we can and very much there's a there's an attitude and I know I've certainly experienced it of in some respects going I know there might be no evidence against this and I know it might be a waste of time and money but I want to do everything I can but equally I think it's it's so helpful to be able to understand what really is the evidence what really is stuff that really we should be thinking about and actively one of the things that's really important is what actually could be harmful so if we're thinking what's the harm what actually is things that we should you know we really should know so i'm really really excited and that's brilliant that it's going to be available today so thank you very much pleasure i hope you enjoy the day so i'm here with ruth bender teak from the miscarriage association and we've had conversations before the work that the miscarriage association do is unbelievable it's such an important organisation doing such important work. So, uh, Ruth, can you just give us a really, really quick highlight of what, what the Miscarriage Association is and what it's for and how it can help? We are a charity that provides support and information to anyone who's affected by miscarriage or ectopic pregnancy or molar pregnancy, which obviously are two other ways of, of, of losing uh, a pregnancy. One of the questions that we're asking lots of people is around, obviously today is around information and advice. If you could bust a myth around one of the kind of key myths around miscarriage and pregnancy loss, I guess both for people who are experiencing it and for people who are supporting anybody who's going through this. Gosh, that's a difficult one to answer. It's not that there's the biggest myth for the people going through it, because by definition, they're going through it and they know how it feels. I think what's difficult for people going through it is working out the fact from the fiction and the facts from the myths around the causes of loss and, and maybe some of the treatments. So that's very difficult. I think we all expect to be able to get pregnant when we want to get pregnant and then to have a healthy pregnancy. And if things go wrong, we expect there to be an answer, a solution, a treatment, and everything will be fine. And it's really difficult to accept when things go wrong. And so people get very scared. That's not a two-second answer, is it? No, but I think that's exactly... I think that's such an important point because it's, it's I think, understanding the fact that people don't realise just how common it is. And actually, I know in my own experience, you know, it's only when you come out of the closet and have gone, yeah, yeah, I had two miscarriages, and people went, oh, yes, I had three or I had four. And actually the understanding that it is really common and actually that it's okay to be able to talk about it and to be able to find that and to know how common it is and the understanding that you're not alone um, is, is so important. I think that's absolutely true. But I think it's also important to say, and I know that you know this, that even though it's very common, that doesn't make it any easier to cope with. And, and I guess in terms of the myth that other people have, 
it's the sort of thing that leads them to say, don't worry, it wasn't really a baby yet. You can try again, it's going to be fine. Um, generally speaking, those kind of comments are meant to be helpful and supportive, but they can sometimes be quite hurtful. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we've discussed this and I've written about this and, you know, particularly the it's so common in that someone, if they were getting divorced, you wouldn't say to them, oh, don't worry, divorce is really common. You know, at least someone married you. Um, you know, I'm sure you can, you know, you can always get married again. And I know that obviously we've spoken about what, what not to say. For you, what would you think if you were giving uh, advice to somebody who was trying to support somebody who's been through a miscarriage or experienced pregnancy loss? What advice would you give to somebody to be able to support somebody, a friend or a loved one? I think the best thing to do is to say something like, I'm really sorry for your loss, or I'm very sorry to hear your news, and then to listen. It's just such a simple thing, and I think the world would be a much better place. Thank you so much, Ruth. Really appreciate it. Hello. I am Professor Jakub Kalaf. I am Professor of Reproductive Medicine and Surgery at King's College London, and I run the IVF unit at Guy's Hospital. We've just been in a fantastic session looking at add-ons and what's the evidence, and it's such, such an important topic. From the patient point of view... Today's been all about information and unbiased evidence. If you could say there was one myth that you would like to bust from terms of patients with regarding add-ons and so on, what would that be? Patients need to appreciate that infertility is seldom absolute. Most of the time it's relative. You could have a Big Mac and get pregnant. We will not go prescribing Big Mac. The same applies to all the add-ons. You take something and then you put two and two together, particularly if you were the one who got pregnant as a result. It does not prove that it did it. What it does do it is your biology. If you are young and have healthy ovaries and you have healthy embryos, that's what is crucial. It is not the Mickey Mouse addition that people will charge you for it, a fortune. When you say Big Mac, the irony is, is that in the States, there's this kind of old wives' tale of having McDonald's french fries after embryo transfer, it's believe it or not. Anything. <laughs> you can walk on your head after embryo and you'll get pregnant. Then you can't be prescribing this. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, in that, what, what would be your one bit of, if they could have patients to know one thing or one bit of information and advice with regarding add-ons, what would that be? Just proceed with caution. The clinic that uses every add-on that there is, I personally would challenge that practice and you should smell it at, simply because it means that people are shooting in the dark. And when people shoot in the dark, they use a machine gun. Don't go there. Finally, as patients, and as you know from all of the people who come into, into your clinic, very often we can say, you know, the traffic light system and everything and saying knowing what the evidence is, but because it's such an emotional thing, and you, know, you talked about the kitchen sink, we go, you know what, I don't care. I know it probably won't work, but we have a perception of what's the harm. However, what I would like to go from you is of going, what is the harm? What would you say are there things of going, even if we go, I know it's going to might be emotionally... Correct. Correct. The harm is at least financial. And we know that IVF most of the time is a marathon. You will need to repeat it. If you lose the financial resilience, even if you have the material to make you pregnant, you will not get them there because you will have run out of money. That is a serious concern because majority of patients will have more than one cycle, particularly those who are above 38 or above 40. They need to be mindful of this. And if you are above 40, you don't need an additional test. You don't need an additional test. You just need to play the statistics game because good proportion of your embryos are not chromosomally competent to implant. 
This is Jason Casroy. Have I pronounced your name correctly? Yeah, who's just done a really fantastic session about new technologies. Jason, can I just ask you a couple of questions? Could you just in- introduce yourself? Um, yeah, so I'm Jason Casray. I'm a consultant embryologist. I work in Shrewsbury and uh, I'm also chair of the Association of Clinical Embryologists at the moment. I know that these sessions are being recorded and going to be available afterwards and it's been so much useful stuff. So quite a lot of the questions that people have asked I know are going to be addressed. But I just wanted to ask you... What do you think is the most important myth that you'd like to bust? If there was one myth that you'd like to bust to get people to understand, what might that be? That's a really good question. So I think in terms of myths that I'd like to bust, um, it's that actually doing more and spending more can make a big difference. Yeah, Um, I think think assisted conception and, and fertility treatment is often about following good medical and scientific advice and just sticking to that yeah because often the experts will will know what they're saying and know what they're doing and um, also avoiding commercialism so so don't accept a hard sell on anything from anybody and it's worth being aware I think that um, there is a commercial element to IVF and is finding the right place to get advice from. So, so I guess the myth that should be busted is spending £15,000 on a cycle of IVF gives you a higher chance than spending £5,000 because it just doesn't. Where would you suggest, you said getting the right information, If what's the kind of key bit of information or where would you suggest that would be the most important place or the most important source of, or what patients should be asking? Yeah, I mean, the best place to go is, is an impartial place, and the best impartial source of information now is the Human Fertilisation and Embryology Authority website, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, fantastically now, and following up from this meeting, the Royal College of Obs and Gynae uh, are publishing on the British Fertility Society website lots of information which is unbiased, is evidence-based, relating to treatment. So that's your secondary port of call. That's fantastic. And I guess the final question is, all of the stuff around being evidence-based and being able to, as you you really rightly said, was around time and money. Um, Having been there as a patient, the desperation, as you touched on, is that in some ways rationality can go out the window and we can rationally say, yes, there needs to be evidence for it. But in many, many cases, we go, do you know what? I don't care. It's I want to throw everything at it so that even if it is a waste of time and money, because the, the, the feeling is, what's the harm? And I guess the question is, is that even if you take outside the thing of going, well, the evidence isn't necessarily there, what would be your advice around areas that may not just be a waste of time and money, but actually may be actively harmful? Yeah, I think if we're talking about harm, um, we need to separate out the, the sort of new technologies and new procedures. New technologies that are non-invasive are less likely to be harmful. And technologies that are invasive, that take cells out of embryos, for example, are more likely to cause harm. That said, it's not an exact science there. So, so again, it's a case of assuring yourself and, and from advice from your clinic and from professionals that what they're doing does not potentially cause harm. And that's a really difficult question because we don't really properly understand... Uh, embryo development and, and, and the effects of longer-term embryo culture, which happens quite commonly now on embryos. So, difficult question to answer, but I would suggest non-invasive is better than invasive. I'm Jodie Day, founder of Gateway Women, which is uh, going to be celebrating almost 10 years this year. 
So we are the global friendship and support network for childless women. And that includes women childless involuntarily for all reasons, including the 80% who are childless by circumstance. But obviously the focus for today was around bringing information advice and impartial information and advice for anyone experiencing fertility problems. And I guess for one of the things that is around being able to have information that you can trust and so much information that's around there and different kind of experiences for you when it comes to maybe deciding to taking the active choice to reaching the end of the road or, or deciding whether or not what a future might look like that doesn't have children what do you think is the biggest most important myth that you if you could bust a myth what do you think the most important thing that you'd you'd like to challenge would be I think I'd like to challenge the myth that childless women are all unhappy, selfish, thwarted, twisted, bitter, you know, that that you you can never get over involuntary childlessness, that you can never create a happy life. I would say that my life is is different to the life I would have had as a mother. It's a, a, a different, messy, imperfect human experience. It's not better than if I'd been a mum, it's not worse, it's just different. I would like the stories of the many millions of happy childless women, not child-free, not those women who've chosen it, we hear a lot about those, but those women like me who've been through a deep, dark night of the soul of grieving and have come out the other side. I would like women who are considering that childlessness is their path to think, maybe I'll be okay. Following on from that, of going in terms of for kind of if this is around information and advice, to be able to you know, find the role models or find that information, what, if there was one piece of advice or where somebody should go or information to be able to find those stories, what's the one bit of advice that you would give? I think it's mostly negative advice. I'd say sort of stop reading women's magazines, um, stop using social media. So in a way, you have to re-educate your kind of palette of what information you take in. You have to seek out those marginal stories. I think that in a way, the sort of the childless liberation movement is a little bit like the, you know, the, the gay and lesbian liberation movement. You have to find your tribe. You have to find your stories. You have to find your role models. They are not yet mainstream. We are out there. You have to look for us. Sammy Monjon, author of Dreaming of a Life and Live. Um, I'm part of Gateway Women. I support women of colour through their fertility journeys and working through the grief of childlessness. And Yvonne spoke really, really powerfully about childlessness and so much about the importance of raising voices of women of colour and representation and those missing voices and missing stories. I guess one of the, the questions that I'd love to ask is what... What do you think the biggest myth that needs to be busted? And I'm guessing one of them is around, actually, that, that fertility doesn't discriminate. So I just wondered if you share some of your thoughts on that. So, yeah, it doesn't discriminate. I mean, one of the things that keeps coming up for me, and it's something I used to hear when I was younger, was that black people, black women, are hyperfertile and we breed like rabbits. So I think there's such a big shock when a black woman or black couples say they don't have children because people think that's not possible. And... I think part of that is because black people are not talking about it because there's such a stigmatism around it in culturally. Um, and also the voice is not there because we grew up, I certainly grew up here and don't bring shame on the family and don't talk about your problems outside of the family. What will the neighbours think? So when you've got all of those layers added to it, we're not able to talk as easily as people would want us to or expect us to we're also in a culture where people are shutting us down because we are stereotyped a lot so then it becomes especially for women when we become angry black women and aggressive black women it if we can't talk normally 
be, without being labelled, how then we, do we go on and talk about these sensitive issues that we really need care and compassion around? I think it's such an important message and I'm so glad that you're, you're raising this because I know that in the work that I've been doing uh, in speaking to people for my Uber Barons Club book project that there's so many women at the AME talking about that actually they're not seeing people that look like them. What would be the one piece of advice particularly to women of colour who are going through this experience if there's one kind of bit of advice or information or where they could turn to what that might be? I would say is to reach out and get help because it was so important for me to be able to be in a forum and be around women who understood me. I completely understand the whole, I don't see anyone that looks like me, so how will they understand? So, you know, support organisations like Gateway Women, I'm part of Gateway Women and I'm there. So, you know, again, I always say to people, reach out to me then. And I blog as well at Finding My Plan B. I can be found as well. So if it's a case of I want to talk to someone that looks like me because I want that understanding, I'm there. But I will encourage people to just try and talk. I know, as I said, I know people are not always able to just talk to anyone and feel like they're being supported and being heard and being understood. But I think there's parts of that anybody will understand. You know, the fact that I don't have a child and I'm sad about it, anyone can understand that. So as an initial thing reach out and talk when you want to unpack the other layers then you can just keep searching and finding other help for that absolutely i mean it's i say it's a it's a club that no one wants to join but there is it means the world when you can speak to other members of that yes. same club and you know that you're not alone and you really aren't alone thank you ever so much yvonne you're thank welcome. you thank you i'm leslie pine the author of finding joy beyond childlessness writer and blogger that's what i do now so what I'd love to just ask you is, what's the one bit of advice, if you had to have one takeaway for, you know, today's about people who are going through fertility problems, and actually the great thing about today is, is actually looking beyond, beyond just the journey and looking forward. What's the one piece of advice that you give? I would say absolutely that you can be happy afterwards, even if your, your dream of becoming a mother do, doesn't come true. That, that's really, that's what I'm all about, and that's my key message, and absolutely it is possible. Yeah, I completely agree. I think for so important is around saying when there's only stories of, of redemption, exactly. there's no room for stories of survival. And my thing that I always say is going, you'll get there. There might not mean a baby, yeah. but you'll get there and you will be okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So there you have it. I'm really proud of Katie. It's her first play with new kits and she was kind of grabbing people and there was lots of background noise. So I hope that gave you an insight as you heard at the start when Katie was talking with uh, Professor Adam Balin. Adam explained that all of the talks are available so that information will be on the show notes. Be sure to check them out because they are thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash fertility forum. Go and have a look, get all the details, and I will be following up with some more of the people. Katie and I are going to put our heads together and see what we come up with. The pair of us will be working together again for Fertility Fest because I'm the podcaster in residence, Katie's the blogger in residence. So no doubt um, we will be just gathering more to share. Watch this space. We'll be making more content for you to get more from these brilliant events that are happening in the UK. If you're somewhere and there is an exciting event happening and you would like to try and capture it, and it's something that you're up for doing and you'd maybe like some pointers from me as far as kind of kit you can get because you can do amazing stuff with your phone, I am more than happy to have that conversation with you and maybe we can share it on my feed because the Fertility Podcast is now listened to in, in 90 countries and I just think I can't get everywhere 
although I can with the content, I can't get there in person. So if you're going to something and you want to try and record some audio and send it to me to share, please, please do email me, natalie at thefertilitypodcast.com because it would be amazing to get more of you getting into this because I'm such an audio geek but it's such a brilliant way I think I think we love hearing literally from the horse's mouth so I'm looking for more I'm looking for more of you to to get on it and and get doing it and you know I can share the love on 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 the fertility podcast feed we'll talk about that in upcoming episodes because um I am handing the mic over to some other people so you can look forward to that for now though check out the show notes as i said uh remember at the start i said about rate and reviewing this podcast just a little reminder i'm gonna go and um fill up my glass i'm gonna fill up my wine glass why not it's a sunday evening and my house is very quiet thank you as always for your support and until the next time <laughs>